Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. For the second straight day, the Edmonton Oilers take a 3-2 lead into the third period and wind up losing in overtime. Jonathan Drouin, the winner, 58 seconds into the extra frame today. The final Montreal Canadiens 4, Edmonton Oilers 3. Thanks a lot for joining us this afternoon. Super Bowl Sunday, it's 3.07. That game's kicking off in about an hour and a half. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. And the Oilers... Well, remain 500 on the road, 11-11-4 for the season. One game under 500 for the year, 23-24-5. They came into the weekend three points out of a playoff spot, and they end it three points out of a playoff spot. Well, Rob, a lot to dissect in this one. We, I, we'll start at the end, though there are a lot of things that happened at, at other points of the game as well. It was an awesome chance for the Oilers to win the game. Koskinen makes a great save on a Montreal chance and we're sitting here and that's the great thing about three on three the puck can be at the defending team's hash marks and we're sitting here going oh breakaway for Dreisaitl (laughs) and then McDavid jumps under the play I mean it was a a, a two on nothing but you mentioned it with Bob at at the end of the network show you know Petrie threw a bit of a wrench in there Mm -hmm. and the Oilers couldn't execute it well, yeah, the, the, there was a lot of mistakes and a lot of great plays that all happened in a span of 30 seconds. Uh, it, it, we, we haven't even talked to start. The very first play, it was a two-on-one Dreisaitl, and McDavid had a two-on-one to start with before this whole thing came into play. Dreisaitl tries it in McDavid back door, and it bounces off his stick, or McDavid would have had a wide-open net for a backdoor goal. Off of that, Montreal comes down on a two-on-one. And on the play, Domi makes a smart play. The defenseman faded away from him. He puts a shot on net. Koskinen makes a save. The big mistake was made by Jeff Petrie. He came in way too far. And when that puck bounced out, you and I looked at each other and said, breakaway. And the puck was thrown up. And Drysettle has a breakaway. But McDavid was going so fast to jump in that McDavid actually had to try to straddle the line and keep his foot back from going offside on a 2-on-0. And I think that McDavid and Drysettle on their 2-on-0 were surprised at how fast Petrie got back in the play. Because he did. And I thought they, they were probably thinking we're going to go back and forth a couple times and one of us is going to get a wide open net. Instead of Petrie gets through the middle, gets his body and stick in the way now... They're kind of, oh, okay, where did this happen from? They, they never got to make the play they wanted. Drysdale eventually gets it to McDavid. He can't get a puck on net. He can't get the puck back. And now all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, this is the two best players. If I, You would have bet your house that the game would have been over and they don't even get a shot on net. They change, and that's when I said to you, if Montreal is going to win this game, it's going to be on this shift because Drysdale and McDavid are on the, on the bench. And unfortunately for the Oilers, that's what happened. 
Well, and then when that two-on-zero was was broken up, I thought Nurse might end it because he's coming in late with with a chance to to rip it on net, and Price was able to recover. And yeah, save. I mean, so many things happened there. We didn't even talk about it. what a nice save that was by Price because there was so much had happened, and he still gets back up into positioning. And Nurse it might not have been the hardest shot he's ever taken, but he got it on net and put it in the spot that he wanted to, this, the the proper side of the net. Price makes a big save there. I honestly think that the Oilers bench was in shock when, when they didn't score their top two players. At the end of the day, probably the best... W- play that would have could have been made is dry settle pushes the puck five feet ahead and lets mcdavid skate into a breakaway uh now I, I, it's easy to see when we're watching from up top and we've already seen how what the outcome right. turned out to be because mcdavid was about to pass leon and mcdavid actually had to slow down to stay on side petrie wasn't catching mcdavid but these are p- things that are much easier to say now that it's over. So 4-3, the Canadians knock off the Oilers in overtime. Edmonton with a 3-2 lead going into the third, just like they did yesterday in Montreal. And and you know what? I, I thought it was a, a pretty good third period overall for the Oilers up, up until the goal. And, you know, probably one you'd like to have Koskinen seal that off. Yeah, and the thing that sucks for the Oilers because they were playing so well in that third period and they were giving the Canadians nothing and the Canadians were getting frustrated they couldn't get the puck out of their own zone they kept having to turn back turn back and on the the goal that went in the Oilers played it very very well to start with they kept a player to the outside he gets the the puck goes bouncing into the to the zone and comes to Koskinen normally Koskinen covers that up and the play is dead and Koskinen somehow gets mishandles it, and then it turns into a free-for-all. And Connor McDavid got standing out in front of the net, no man's land. He didn't know which way to go. And I'll give the kid a credit that, that scored the goal Talk there. Yeah, because he, he had nice hands. He had to bring it from behind the goal line, out, on his backhand, and flip it up. But it's a play that should have been dead. That, that should have been smothered by Koskinen. He knows that. He tried to. He just mishandled it, and the Oilers squandered a point. It was uh, Drysdale getting two for Edmonton tonight. He now is up to 29 on the season. McDavid got his 31st. Only Alex Ovechkin has more goals in the National Hockey League. He has 37, so McDavid obviously continues to produce. we got to talk about the special team story because it was a disaster yesterday for Edmonton. They did score a shorthanded goal, but they allowed four power play goals and lost in overtime. This game... You're thinking, oh my goodness, 2.23 into the game, Montreal scores on the power play. But that was all they got. Montreal 1 for 4 with the man advantage. Edmonton 2 for 4 on the power play. And their other goal was right after a power play expired. Yeah, the the Oilers moved the puck very, very well today on their power play. And it took a couple times, it took them a little while to get going on their power play. But when they get set up and when they get into the, 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 the spots that they want to be in, because of the chemistry that they have developed, because this is a group that's been together for a long period of time and usually plays the majority of the power play, they know without looking where to put pucks. And they have the patience to make the plays. The The goal that, the second dry sidle goal, McDavid, he wasn't thinking Nugent Hopkins, but he had the patience to wait to make, that was the right play to make. He goes to Nugent Hopkins, it goes back door. The one where dry sidle scored on the assist from Chason, Chason didn't look. He knew where... Dreisaitl was supposed to be standing and he just put it in an area and that's what chemistry gives you and that's what playing and repeating over and over and over again uh, their power play was excellent tonight their penalty killing much much better there's absolutely no chance they had on the, the Weber goal as that was an absolute bomb 
Specialty teams were good. And unfortunately for the Oilers, they, they needed to combine the 5-on-5 five five play from yesterday and the specialty teams from today, and they probably would have had four points. So a couple points did slip away. Yeah, so the Oilers now winless in their last five, 0-3-2 during that stretch. They're going to host the Chicago Blackhawks on Tuesday night. Second game in a row, Hitch sticking with those lines for the entire game. No, the fourth line didn't play a ton. But he uh, he didn't shuffle around, except after, obviously, special team situations. Well, the one thing that we've seen with Hitch, uh, he, he's not afraid to change lines when things aren't going well. But what we've seen the last couple of games, the others have got off to pretty good starts. So you don't really want to play around with it or mess around with it when you feel that you've got things going in the right direction. And uh, the, the one problem, and, and it really surfaced today, when you start spreading your, your, your three best players around, they're going to create chances, but they're not going to be capitalized on. And, and a great example today, I thought Leon Draisaitl was excellent in today's game. Uh, did, scoring the, a pair of goals, but also distributing the puck. He sent Reader in on a breakaway. Reader didn't get a shot on net. He set Reader up wide open in the slot. Reader didn't get a shot on net. He set Chase on up with a great opportunity. He doesn't finish the puck there. There were three plays that could have been and should have been goals, or at least very good scoring chances that came to nothing because you got a guy playing with Leon Dreisaitl, who I still believe is your best playmaker on the team. And he's got a guy with zero goals on the season. That is taking a little bit away from what Leon Dreisaitl can do. 4-3, the Canadians beat the Oilers in overtime. Montreal's record goes to 29-18 and 6 on the season. Carey Price, who does not have good career numbers against the Oilers, gets the win 3-7-1 and in his career against Edmonton. The Oilers uh, do, do get a point, so they are 7-1-4. and in their last 12 visits to Montreal, but they didn't get the two that they wanted out of this one. Let's go back to Bell Centre, and here's Oilers captain Connor McDavid. You guys wanted it too? Yeah. <laughs> Do you, is the sense frustration or kind of encouragement that you guys seem to almost be there, but at the same time you're... you're well, you don't like to give away two points uh, like we did the last two days, but you know, you like, I like both games, but... Like I said, you don't want to give away two points. Even though the result wasn't the way you wanted it, Connor, did you feel like you did a better job of trying to protect the lead in the third period as opposed to the two-goal lead last night? <clears throat> uh, sure. Um, you know, I thought we didn't give up much, and then you know, that kid makes a good play. I know credit to him. So, um, you know, I thought we did a, a decent job. Obviously not good enough. All right, that is Connor McDavid gets a goal today. Two goals for Dreisaitl. Chase on an assist. Nurse had two assists. Milan Lucic picks up an assist for the second straight day. Dreisaitl and Raddy leading the Oilers with four shots on goal. Ice time, McDavid played 24.05. Nurse plays 26.01. Dreisaitl plays 22.26. The Oilers are coming, were coming into the game better than the Montreal Canadiens in the face-off circle. And there's not a lot of many teams you can there's not a lot of teams <laughs> you can say that about Edmonton coming in 27th in the league, Montreal 28th and of course Montreal dominates 59% in face-offs. Yeah, the one kid to know, he was 75%. That was where the Canadian he's the one that won the the face-off at the end that created the 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 scoring chance and created the game-winning goal. Uh, when you've got a team that is is gifted offensively as the others can be with their three superstars it would be much better if you could start the shifts with the puck and create things the one thing like the others a lot of teams have set plays off faceoffs 
I don't know if the Oilers have any or if they've ever even tried them because they don't win enough face-offs to be able to do that. And those are offensive opportunities missed by having to chase off of most draws. 4-3, Canadians win in overtime. You can get us at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. So when, when the Oilers came back from the break, Hitchcock said, we, we want to make some changes. We want to be more predictable, and hopefully that will create more pace, more activity in the fun zone, as he calls mm-hmm. it, in the offensive zone. Did you see anything concrete this weekend, Rob? <laughs> I did. And, and what he means by predictability, there's there's a few things, but the two, the two main ones, if a, a, a player outside of, and we'll just say the three, the top three, any player but the top three, when you get to the, the center red line, if you don't have an odd man break, dump the puck in. Why is, why is that predictable? Because now all the other players know, okay, we haven't don't have an odd man, he's dumping in, now I know exactly where to go. Too many times early in the season, a guy like a, a, a Kara or a Lucic would try to beat someone in the neutral zone. So the guys are slowing down, they're hesitating, then the puck gets knocked off and it's going back the other way. This is one where you know every single time, okay, we don't have an odd man break, it's going in deep, I know where to go right away. The other one is putting pucks on net. If you don't have, uh, again, a guy wide open tapping his stick on the ice saying, give me the puck, throw the puck on net. So what do you mean, If what does that mean for the other two guys? Soon as you see that, drive the net. And that's where the pucks will start bouncing off shin pads, off pads, off the goalie. There'll be rebounds, there'll be deflections. Too many times earlier, you're trying to make plays that aren't there. So those are the two main predictable things that Hitch wanted to see more of. We saw it certainly against Philadelphia as they had over 40 shots in the game. And that was the first time in a long time, one of the few times they've outshot a team. And then again, I, I think today you saw a bit more of it too. Not as much. Uh, but I think there's things to work on over the last couple of games that I think Hitch will be and the coaching staff will be happy with. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Uh, text 630-630. Dennis says, hey guys, frustrated not to see Clefbaum back in the lineup. Wondering if Rob ever had that type of an injury and what it was like when he came back. I actually have. I've broken both my thumb and my second finger where I had to have surgery and had to have pins put in. Uh, you are healed, but it's still painful. And, and I know coming back, when you come back, anything that, anytime you shoot the puck, anytime you receive a pass, anytime you try to grab, you know, sweat or grab body with your hand, there's quite a bit of pain. Uh, and I think what Oscar Clefbaum, what he went through last year, coming playing most of the year, not at 100%. I think he felt he was letting the team down at times. Um, I, I would imagine if this was a playoff series that you could have seen Oscar Clefbaum this weekend. I think he's hoping to get back 100% uh, healthy and then get a 30-game stretch or a 29-game stretch of 100% instead of giving 12 to 15 games of 80 and then another 12 to 15 of 95. Right. So I, I imagine you'll see him on Tuesday. I hope you will. I just, I know that Bob talks a lot about and quotes stats about what the team is with Oscar and what the team is without Oscar. Okay, that is with a healthy, up to game speed Oscar Clefbaum. They will be better eventually when Oscar Clefbaum gets back. But in the first couple of games, I mean, there's going to be rust. And these players, as we've seen, the, 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 the level of play and the level of speed is all amped up right now. And Oscar is two months without playing so it will take him a while he's not going to turn a switch and he's going to make the team better but eventually the team will be a better hockey club because you know bob was talking yesterday too that that in clefbaum's first practice his his, his stick got knocked and the vibration mm-hmm. of the stick 
cause some pain in his hand. Well, when I played for most of my career, it was a wooden stick, so mm-hmm. there you, you didn't have that problem. But now with with the one pieces, uh, you do. And if the stick, you get a puck. Well, that's what I mean. If a puck comes and hits the blade of your stick, your your hand hurts up high because just the way that it rattles and it shakes as it comes up, and those are the things that are going to affect him. Now, I, is it? His, which hand is his left or his right? It was his left hand. His left. Well, that that is one benefit because he's a left-handed shot. Normally, you carry your stick just with your one hand, which would be the hand that is healthy. So that will help save him a little bit, but it, it will be painful when he gets back. It, even though he's 100%, they're not worried it's going to re-break. Mm-hmm. There's still going to be pain in the hand. 4-3, the Canadians beat the Oilers in overtime. Drouin gets the game winner for Montreal. Back to the Bell Centre. Here's Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock. We played a perfect third period. This is the best we've played on the road all year. Did everything we needed to do, and we've got to have a save. We had them frustrated. They couldn't get through the neutral zone. We're turning pucks over and creating scoring chances. We played one hell of a third period. That's the best I've seen a team play for a long time. We had perfect positioning, our reloads, our checking was unbelievable. And we did a hell of a job, but like I said, we've got to have a save there. Did your three-man unit in overtime just back off too much to allow Joanne to have that much improper read off the rush, but it's happened a little bit too often. So when the big group goes out, you know, it, it, we got to score, and if not, that's two games in a row where the the second the second group, or the, in in the case in Philadelphia, the third rotation got scored on. So it happens. You got a two on zero, three on three, whatever. You got two on zero. You got all those scoring chances. Their goalie made a big save. You happy with the two points? Or are you? No, I'm not happy at all. We had a lead in the third period in both games, and these are points. I I don't know. They if. These are points that sometimes come back to haunt you. So I'm disappointed. We put a lot of effort into it. And like I said, the third period is as good as I've seen this team play all year. The save you're talking about, is that the tying goal or the, or the overtime winner or both? No, it's the tying goal. How deflating is that for you guys to, like you say, play the play the game you wanted when you wanted it? And then to well, for two hours it'll be deflating. We'll get on the flight and we'll be ready to go for Tuesday. That's, that's where you are. You're in playoff mode right now. Like I said, you you play, you march, you play, you march. That's what we got to do. And it's disappointing to play this well on this road trip. We pretty much maxed out. We need wins, not 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 one pointers. So do you at least see that this thing kind of looks like it's turning the corner? Other than you know? I don't think you can say that. This is just a fight to the finish. I mean, we're we're playing our hearts out right now. We're doing everything we can to try to win hockey games, and we need more people to step up. So we either need the big save or the big play. Like I said, we're trying to include more people in the participation. We had a few more people involved today that were factors in the game. We just can't keep going the same two or three guys. And for me, more participation today. Our team play in the third period was as good as we've done, like I said. So we've got a semblance of there, but we're going to have to push for more people to be involved if we want to be a playoff team. But we're pushing. All right, that's Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock. Disappointed, not happy, as he said, after the Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Canadians. He said they needed a save. Rob and I talked about that earlier. Kotka Niemi's tying goal at 13:35 of the third sneaking pass. Koskinen on, uh, on the short side and after he failed to cover the puck as well. You know, looking at the stats, the Oilers, uh, the Canadians only had 12 shots combined in the second and third period. 
And so, I mean, the Oilers do, were doing a lot of things well, mm-hmm. especially in the third. Well, and that's and that's why you can see the frustration in Hitch's voice. And it's something that you and I touched on right when we started doing the post game. The Oilers, on the goal they gave up, the tying goal, the Oilers did everything right. They got all their goal he had to do was put his hand on the, the puck. He just mishandled it, which created confusion because it, it, there's kind of a... When you see a play developing as a player, okay, the puck's going there, it's coming, okay, he's going to put his hand, so you actually, you turn away from the play. Now, okay, I'm going to keep him away from my goalie. Now the, the play's alive still. So now you're like, oh, and there's that brief hesitation in your game. The offensive player doesn't have it because the offensive player is always hoping mm-hmm. that something's going to bounce. The, the defensive player has that l- brief bit of hesitation, which allowed the, the Montreal Canadiens to create a scoring chance from behind the net. And, uh, you know, it, it, the, the game didn't they didn't lose a point because Koskinen didn't cover the puck. I mean, there's a lot, not a lot of things that went on in this hockey game. But there's frustration in Hitch's voice because that is a simple play that Koskinen normally makes. And if he does, at that point, the Montreal Canadiens had mounted absolutely zero in the third period. 4-3, Montreal in overtime. You can get us at 780-496-0063. We have Jonathan standing by. Hey, Jonathan. Hi, how you doing? Good. Right on. Uh, I, I was just calling because uh, I was wondering, uh, what, what, do you, what do you think the chances are that the Oilers try and go out and and uh, uh, upgrade their defense by uh, uh, like I, like I think they need a shake up on the defense. I think they got to like I think they have to target somebody like Peter Angelo or Hamilton or there's some pretty big names out there and and uh, even though Clefbaum and Sakara are coming back, like, like they've been injured so much that that uh, and uh, even with like Evan Bouchard coming next year, like. I, I think they need a proven, experienced leader on defense to be to, to be able to uh, uh, shake things up and, and move things forward. I, I just don't think it happens between now and the deadline, Jonathan. That pr- if they do that, they probably do it in the summer. I mean, you, I'm sure you know about the the limited or non-existent. They've got uh, no money space. So if if they something no money. yeah if something opens up in the well, summer, maybe they they chase somebody. But I don't think there's any uh, exterior cavalry guy coming. And I, and, I, and I don't think you, you go out and get a, a short-term thing. I don't think you go out and find some veteran defenseman that's got an expiring contract and you give up an asset for him. The Oilers right now are not one player away from being a Stanley Cup team. They're just yeah. not. So if they got, they can go out and get something to, to shore up their defenseman for the future, for, for the next few years, yeah, absolutely. But A, they've got no money right now. B, I don't think they're a good enough hockey club to be able to go and get someone that's going to be here for a month and you're going to be a Stanley Cup champion contender. So I think there's just too many ifs for them to go to do anything before the trade deadline. We're going to finish the play with you, Jonathan. We want to put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline-pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Here's Petrie, high slot, dangling, shooting, save, man, Costin, rebound line. Tony tried to bury it, and what a play. Darnell Nurse, Bob, I believe, took it off the goal line. He saved a goal. All right, Nurse got the puck out of there, but there was also another oiler in the area who disrupted that scoring chance. Was it Chris Russell or Brad Malone? 
Chris Russell. Absolutely. Jonathan, you are going in the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Good stuff there. All right, we're coming up to the 3.30 news. You're still going to hear from Leon Dreisaitl and Miko Koskinen. You can get us at 780-496-0063, and you can also text 630-630. Two goals for Dreisaitl, one for McDavid, couple assists, each for Nugent Hopkins and Nurse, but not enough. The Oilers settle for a single point. The Canadians take it 4-3 in overtime. Oilers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Boilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Back to Duran, top of the circles. Kotkaniemi, one-timer to save, made by his countryman, Miko Koskinen. To Kotkaniemi, loading up to Duran, one touch, one-timer, and a save made up top on Shea Weber by Miko Koskinen. Koskinen making a total of 23 saves today. The Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to the Canadians. That was a save of the game for Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at jiffylubeservice.ca. Who's your goaltender on Tuesday? Huh, that's a tough one. Uh, again, uh, both goaltenders had moments, uh, yet the Oilers' goals against average was four and a half on the two-game thing. Honestly, I don't know. I think it's a toss-up. I don't think. Uh, I, I don't think either goaltender, actually, both goaltenders were outplayed by their opposition goaltender in both games. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's a right one or wrong one. I think you, I mean, Koskinen's the guy that you just signed for three years. You'd probably go with Koskinen. I'd probably go with him. Yeah. But I, I don't see either one being a slam dunk right yeah, now. Yeah, I know you needed each guy to be a little better yep. in his game to help you get two points uh, in, in both games instead of just one in each game. Although, listening to the frustration in Hitch's voice, it might be Talbot because <laughs> uh, he came out and three times in his little speech he said we needed a save and didn't get a save. Yeah, the Oilers were up 3-2 after two, looking good in the third. And then Jesperi Kotkadiemi snuck one by the short side on Koskinen a few seconds after Koskinen was unable to freeze the puck at the side of the net. That tied it for the Habs and then Drew in winning it in overtime about 30 seconds after Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid broke out 2 on nothing and were unable to finish the game. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in this afternoon. Super Bowl about an hour away. Hope you're going to have fun watching that. We have Scott at 780-496-0063. Hey, Scott. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Doing well. Okay, so it's, yeah, just a few questions I wanted uh, I both know while I was on hold. Uh, so how would you assess what goalie plays this weekend? I felt, uh, obviously... Um, yeah, I could go either way for next game. Uh, number two, uh, overtime, it seems like the opposition just waits for McDavid to get off uh, the ice, and they're kind of controlling the, the, the time of possession with the puck. So uh, do you kind of split that threesome up and, and try to, you know, uh, I guess allocate it to you know a, a different kind of transition? Uh, last question also I just wanted to bring up, uh, not saying – I would like to have him. What, what do you do with Sakara? I mean, obviously, 
we're not sure what he's going to be like when he's back, but the fact that they're taking a lot of time with Clefbaum, um, I'm just thinking, uh, you know, do, do you play Clefbaum on like a, a second or third pairing, or, or how that, or what, what what that might look like? So I'll just listen to your guys' uh, comments. Thanks again. Thanks. Uh, I would not split up Drysaddle and McDavid on, on three and three. Uh, I mean, they they are the most dynamic pair in, in the National Hockey League. They should have won it again today. Uh, had two great opportunities. Um, the problem is the Oilers' depth is not there. I mean, you your, your second go around, you have Nugent Hopkins and a question mark. Today it was Chase on. Yesterday it was Raddy. Uh, I mean, next game might be Cassie. I mean, you just—it's a huge, huge drop off. Um, yeah, and you're right. The the other team holds their breath through the first minute twenty, and then their chance to push is in the second. Units go out there. As for Clefbaum, I think that uh, they will monitor his minutes, but when he gets back, he will immediately be put with Larson, and they know that Larson's a better defenseman playing with Clefbaum, and they'll put him there and they'll see what he's capable of doing, and hopefully that. Uh, the, the drop-off won't be significant when he first gets back. 4-3, the Canadians beat the Oilers in OT. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free Appiat Japanese Village steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. We'll see if Edmonton can get to five when they are at it again Tuesday night against the Chicago Blackhawks. Two goals today for Leon Dreisaitl. Here he is. Kind of what's, what's the mindset after a weekend like this? Yeah, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, two two big points for us this weekend, but, um, you know, in my eyes, it uh, probably should have been four. So, um, obviously, it's something we, we have to do better, um, you know, closing closing games out and um, finding finding ways to, to get two points. And, um, but, yeah, it's uh, still, still a big point for us tonight. Leon, after not being able to protect a lead in uh, against Philadelphia, what was the point of emphasis that you seemed to have carried into this game until the third period, late in the third period? Well, we, we just got to push back. Um, can't can't sit back and let them, uh, you know, come out come at us, uh, you know, wave after wave. So um, we got to push back and, and um, you know push push for the fourth goal instead of uh, just trying to um, defend. Uh, um, you know, the one goal lead, so um, we got to do a better job of uh, pushing back. How did Drew Lang get that much open ice to work with in overtime? I don't know. Just skated. On a positive note, two goals, almost three. What was clicking for you tonight? Um, a couple couple nice bounces um, around um, around the net. Um, you know, a couple nice plays by, uh, by the guys net front, and um, it was... Um, you know, pretty easy to, to tap those in. I guess it could I guess it could be easier for the team if the offensive uh, offensive contribution would come from other players than you uh, and you Alex and uh, only three or four players. Uh, I mean you know we're all trying our best out there. It's not like you know, guys aren't trying to score. Uh, you know, sometimes you you have games where the puck just doesn't want to go in. And, you know, that's that's how it is. So, um, you know, but again, three goals usually should be should be enough to uh, to win a hockey game. Um, so we got to find a ways find ways to to win hockey games. Uh, you know, three two two one whatever it is.
These have been two pretty good games for you guys. Do you get a sense that you are turning that corner? Or is that kind of what you're more focused on as opposed to maybe gassing a couple? Yeah, of I mean, I think we, other than maybe the third period uh, yesterday, you know, we, we played a really solid road trip. Um, you know, all um, both, both games were, um, you know, good games, well played. Um, you know, <laughs> good, <coughs> sorry, um, good road games. And, um, yeah, you know, we just got to find a way to, to, to you know, um, get out of here with two points instead of one. Yeah, and I guess despite it all, you're still three points out, which is where you started. So. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're right there. Uh, we just got to, you know, keep going and, and keep improving and, and um, you know, keep and keep uh, um, banking on points. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's really uh, the only thing we have in our hand right now. All right, there's Leon Dreisaitl. Oilers fall in overtime 4-3 to the Montreal Canadiens as we check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals. Daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Just a couple other games in the NHL. They're both already final as nobody's going head-to-head with the Super Bowl. The Flames win 4-3 in Carolina. Noah Hannafin scores. Elias Lindholm scores. Dougie Hamilton scores against their former teams. That was a good night for some ex-teammates to put uh, say, hey, don't forget about me. I used to be pretty good for you guys too. And Boston shuts out Washington. one nothing. Tuka Rask with the shutout in that game. David Krejci had the only goal. Jay is on the line. Jay, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, Reed and, Reed and Rob. Just want to say thanks for lending an ear to all of us Oiler fans wishing to vent. Uh, question for you. Do you know what makes uh, Oilers fans the most knowledgeable fans in hockey? What's that? Uh, 13 years of studying drafts. <laughs> well, that's a fair point. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, I uh, I really appreciate you guys on, on the air after all these losses. Um, sure is getting hard, hard to watch though. I wish uh, I wish we were better at hockey. Uh, so many just awful passes to no one. Luch and, and Drysaitel on a two-on-one decides he's going to go check out what's on the go in the corner. Koskin and overplaying seventy uh, percent of the puck shot at him. It was uh, it was really tough to watch. Uh, with that, I appreciate you letting me vent. So much cheaper than therapy. Okay, guys. Well, I'm starting to charge next game. That is Jay at 780-496-0063. Yeah, you're going to hear from Miko Koskinen. More time to hear from you. You can also text 63630. It's 345. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Fake the handoff and then eventually dishes off to Durant, who starts up the right-hand side and has a step. He's in over the line. Durant pulls up to the middle of the ice. Shoots and scores. Brilliant individual maneuver by Jonathan Durant. That's how it ended about an hour ago in Montreal. The Canadians edging the Oilers 4-3 in overtime. The Oilers winless in 5 3 and two during that span there, 23, 24, and five on the season. Face-off trivia, Rob. Ed DeBartolo Sr. owned the Pittsburgh Penguins when 
They won the cup in 1991 and traded you shortly before that. <laughs> Part of the reason they won the cup. <laughs> his his son, Eddie DiBartolo Jr., mm-hmm. owned what NFL team during a dominant era in that team's history? Do you they, know? Yes, I do. They own the San Francisco 49ers. Jane knew that for face-off trivia. Her name goes into the draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. AlpineCredits.ca. There is a club called the Never Miss a Super Bowl Club. Now, the attendance may be dwindling, but they're the only known fans with perfect attendance for the game. Gregory Eaton, who's 79, says he's missed weddings and funerals, but never a Super Bowl. It started after the first one. And then I said, this is fun. I'm going to do the next one. And this is more, and then it got bigger and bigger. 82-year-old Donald Crispin says he's tried to quit three times, but just can't. Sometimes I feel a little greedy. I run into people who say, you know, I like to just go to one, and I feel, God, I've already been to all of them. Crispin says in 1967 he paid $12 for his Super Bowl ticket. This year, $2,000. The third member of the Never Miss a Super Bowl club is Tom Henschel. I'm Julie Walker. Okay, well, first of all, I, if I'm the NFL, once they hit 50, I would just give them the tickets. I am, probably would start giving it to them now. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm surprised they, they haven't been. been well, the NFL, they're not making enough money, the NFL. Yeah, they can't right. afford it. The NFL it. is strapped for cash. <laughs> and the first Super Bowl was not called the Super Bowl. It was the NFL-AFL champ. I don't think it was still Super Bowl two or three. They actually called it the Super Bowl. It was just the NFL-AFL championship game. But what a pretty cool thing, though, for those guys to go year after year after year. You wonder if, uh, if they've ever invited their wives along. They, I mean, do they get to go? Well, that'd be interesting. I want to know. Have you been to you? I've never been to a Super Bowl. Being a hockey player, it would have been tough for you to go to a Super Yeah, Bowl. no, it was always during hockey season. Um, used to, I love going to the NFL games. We used to go to a lot when I played in Pittsburgh. Went to a lot when I played in Chicago. Um, it is a ton of fun. I, it is a party. I'll, I'll be laying on my couch today cheering for my Pats. One <laughs> of right, the few people. Prediction? I am going 34-31. New England Patriots. Wow, a lot of close picks. I, I hope it's a close game. I hope it goes down. The whoever has the ball last has a chance to win the football game. Yeah, but you but you want it to be the Patriots. I do want it to be the Patriots. But as I was just telling you, the, the last the final four teams standing, I liked all four of them. I like teams that are offensive. I don't want to see a a ten nine football game. I want to see a forty five oh, yeah. thirty eight game. I'd so be stunned if this was probably won't be as high scoring as last year. What was that over eighty points combined? Yeah, seventy nine points. But all four teams that were in the the, the 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 two league championships were very good offensive uh, offensive football teams. So I, I'm a fan of the Rams as well. But, I mean, Tom Brady, whether you like him or hate him, I mean... Oh, he's outstanding. The greatest that ever was at the at the quarterback position. Mahomes won MVP and, for the Chiefs. And he is going to be good for a long, long... He's fun to watch. I mean, he, he does things with his arm. That I, like, I try to throw an egg like he throws a football <laughs> 50 yards, and I throw throw my elbow out for a week. So there's some talented players. I'm looking forward to the game. I hope it's a, a really exciting, close game that comes out into the last play. 4-3, the Oilers lose in overtime. Here's goaltender Miko Koskinen. How do you think the game was today? Just a full team effort. I think we played really well. Like after the especially after the first period, we controlled the whole hockey game. And in my mind, we deserved more what we got today. Second loss in overtime in a row. Is it tough to uh, swallow once again? Yeah, of course, we are pretty close to win these games, but... At least we got one point, but at this point we need 
We need two points basically every night, so it's not good enough. Yeah, well, they need to start counting by twos. I've, I've often said about overtime losses, how you feel about it depends on how you did in the previous game and, and the next game. If True. the Oilers beat Chicago, you can say, okay, they, they let some points slip away, but you got four out of six coming out of the break. If that's a loss or another overtime loss, then you're sitting, oh, we should have had that one, we should have had that one, we should have had that one. How about having said that, the, the teams that make the playoffs garner a lot of loser points. And these are points. I mean, the Oilers, very fortunate that they got a point in Philadelphia. As well as they played, uh, Talbot made three saves in the last seven, eight seconds out of that game to, to conserve and get them into the overtime. So if you're on the road, if you're getting points, that's good. But it's only good if you come home and win hockey games. So it's a big game against the Chicago Blackhawks, who... I think they're doing better. They have a chance. Do they have a chance to actually tie the Oilers in the standings if they win Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the Chicago Blackhawks. When you're in the position Chicago is in, you're trying to leapfrog one team at a time, and that's how they base the importance of their game. So that's going to be a huge game for the Chicago Blackhawks, who are playing much better, and they may have. And I, I haven't They've looked at stats. They might have the hottest player in the National Hockey League right now. Patrick Kane is on absolute fire in the scoring race right now. He's as exciting as any player outside of Connor McDavid in the National Hockey League. So right now, Vancouver has the final wild card with 54 point totals of the teams out of the playoffs. Colorado, 52. St. Louis, Arizona, Edmonton, and Anaheim, all 51. They're ranked in that order once the tiebreakers are applied. And then Chicago has uh, has 49. Now, I mean, the Oilers do not have a good goal differential, minus 21. What's shocking about Anaheim is that they're they're one game under 500. They're hanging around in the playoffs. They're minus 39 goal differential, <laughs> which is the worst in the NHL. Yeah, that would be a team that would be coming in with 70 points and being dead last in the National Hockey League. That's they get bombed by some teams. I'm honestly surprised that Randy Carlisle is still coaching the Anaheim Ducks with the way their season has gone. A few people have texted in. I won't, I won't read all of them, but to paraphrase the the thought. A lot of people didn't like the embellishment call on Dreisaitl. Terrible call. Does the NHL just need to pick one? or like? I don't even think the ref should have the option. He either calls embellishment or he calls a penalty. Uh, that's, I like that. I, I really do. And A, it's either a hook or it's a dive. It's one or the other. Hey, don't call him for embellishment. If he embellished something, then it wasn't a penalty to start with. But you've got to read the situation. Leon Dreisaitl, if he does not fall, he is on a clear-cut, wide-open 2-on-1 with Connor McDavid. He's not going to dive to get a penalty to hope that he gets to play five against four. And actually, that would have just made it four on four because the others... That's right. So, like, he's not going to dive. So I don't understand that when the referee completely botched that one. Horrible call by the referee on that. And a couple soft uh, penalties on Both the Canadians yep. that, gave, that uh, gave Edmonton a couple of power plays that led to goals as well. The Oilers not quite there today. 4-3 overtime loss to the Montreal Canadiens. They will be back at it on Tuesday at Rogers Place. Chicago Blackhawks in town. 5.30 face-off show and that one will start at 7. Thanks to Patrick Bauer, our studio producer this afternoon. You can always get more on 630Ched.com. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Hey, enjoy the Super Bowl. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.